back to the Gimme Zone, hour number two. And guess what we have firing up the top of this hour? Special guest, Corn Ferry Tour champion this a few weeks ago, Ren Gibson. Welcome, Ren. Thanks for coming on this morning. Yeah, boys. How's, how we doing? Oh, we're doing good. How about you? Um, enjoying some lovely spring weather, finally. Oh, I know, right? It's uh, it's a lot nicer to play when it's warm out. I mean, what did you make of those uh, guys at, at Augusta hitting five iron from 179 and being short? Yeah, that was pretty brutal this morning. Tough way to finish for some of those guys, especially JT missing by one. Tough to watch. Yeah, that was hard to watch, hard to watch. Well, tell everybody about your victory, which is a big victory for you, and, you know, you also, being a local product, have great course knowledge of the Jimmy. So tell, let's tell us about how fired up you are for the Corn Ferry event uh, coming up here at the Jimmy. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, I think Oklahoma's really starved of professional golf. So to get a, uh, a nice three- or five-year contract, I'm not sure what they signed, will be, will be great for the state of Oklahoma. And um, you kind of see the, see the support Oklahoma gives to golf with the event we just had up at Southern Hills with the PGA. Uh, it seemed like everyone from Oklahoma showed out for that one. So um, super excited for, for people to get to see the course down at Jimmy. Uh, I think it's going to be a good test for the guys. And, um, yeah, looking forward to a fun week. Well, what was working for you, Ren, at the Astera Golf Championship that uh, you were able to capture? Yeah, so I kind of had a pretty lean year last year with regards to results, but, um, you know, worked pretty hard on my game over the over the fall and winter and um, knew my game was in, in a good good place heading to South America. Um, played decent the week before in Panama and uh, kind of carried that momentum over into, into Bogota where I managed to pick up the victory and um, everything was just on. Had good control of my ball. Putter was good. Um, just felt kind of unstoppable that, that weekend. Um, kind of put myself in position for Saturday, Sunday, and um, managed to get out and have a bogey-free round on Sunday, which is always nice. Well, Ren, you played at Oklahoma Christian. Tell everybody how you found your way here from uh, Australia. Yeah, so it's uh, kind of a long story, but for me it was uh, – University and, and college athletics is always of interest for me. And um, the system that America has where you can combine the two is fantastic. So um, with that being said, we kind of just got the ball rolling with regards to how do I get here? So um, long story short, kind of used the scout, scouting system, put all my results, resume online. And um, next thing I had emails from 100 different schools. Um, so then I was really trying to dive deeper into understanding NCAA, NAI, all the different levels and divisions and what and, and conferences and all that stuff, but um, managed to get a really, really good offer from Coach David Lynn up at Oklahoma Christian, and six months later, I was on the plane to Oklahoma, where I had no idea where it was, um, and now I call it home, so um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but I wouldn't change for the world. What has it been uh, about Oklahoma? I mean, obviously, you know, come and play college golf here, but what is it about Oklahoma that you, you fell in love with? You know what? The people here are just fantastic. Um, super nice, willing to give help out, give you their time of day. Um, I met my wife at school up at Oklahoma Christian, which obviously helps helped me stay around. Um, but then also... Uh, I'm lucky enough to live out here at Oak Tree and um, play at Oak Tree National, call that my home, and 
and and that really is my home. That's Everett Dobson and the guys over there. We have a fantastic culture and, and club and pros, and we have games every day. And uh, you know, it's just it's just a really good environment to grow and um, work on my game. And uh, also pretty central, really, when you think about it. It's pretty easy to get around uh, coast to coast. And um, so yeah, yeah, I love it here. Well, Ren, obviously you were you know really accomplished golfer uh, in college. Believe it. One time you had the course record right at River Oaks, correct? We're still <laughs> yeah. May. Hopefully, it still holds up. Yeah, maybe it still holds up. Yeah, tell it. What'd you drop off out there? It was something ridiculous. Yeah, it was a little fifty-five, uh, sixteen on the fifty-five, bar. folks. Fifty-five. That's ridiculous. Well, I think you were in you. I believe you played in the uh, member guest at Jimmy not too many years ago, and didn't you shoot ten or twelve under one the first day? Yeah, I think I got run out of that member guest. I haven't been invited back since. But, um, yeah, I played pretty well in that as well. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we're in your flight. We looked up and go, wow, he dropped off uh, 12 under. That's salty. Uh, no, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So we're, as Oklahoma, uh, fans of Oklahoma golf, we're super excited to see you play at the Jimmy. Tell everybody what is it about Jimmy and your game that works, because you seem to really play well there. I really like the layout. Um, you've got to drive the ball, you know, good, and then the greens are always perfect. Um, some of the best greens in the state. So they roll perfect, very true. What you see is what you get. Um, if I'm driving it well and the putter feels good in the hand, that's when I'm kind of feeling my best to, to, to go low. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to getting out there, and um, I know the guys will have the course in great shape for us. Familiarity with the golf course, obviously, we, we get that. That's that's huge. If you know the course, you play the course well. That's uh, that's advantage number one. But like in basketball or football, we hear about home court advantage. Does that exist in a sense in golf? Where especially, Ren, you're you're the perfect candidate to talk about this because, man, you've been you've been all over the world. So when you're somewhere comfortable, can that help the golf game? Yeah, I think so. I think you can look at it both ways. Um, when you're comfortable, you're going to play better, right? But then on the other side, if you know the course well, there's also a little bit more expectation to do well. Um, and that's more, more comes from outside pressures, um, people expecting to do well, and then you turn around and put them on yourself. So there's no doubt if you're feeling comfortable with your game on a course that you're very familiar with, yes, you, you should be able to free it up and you know, put yourself in a position um, to, to shoot a good score. Um, but like I said, on the other hand, with those, with that comes expectations, and if you're not feeling that great, but there's outside influence, um, you kind of got to find a way to block it out and 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 kind of, you know, figure out a way to to get it in the hole if you're not playing the best. Ren, you brought up something earlier today that I think is really important. Is it's playing. We're having so many of the tour pros and corn fairy guys that play out Oak Tree National. So when you guys are not on the road at an event. You're out there getting some healthy competition, keeping your game sharp. How, how critical is that to you? And to, we had Josh Creel, a good friend of mine, on earlier this year. How critical is that for you guys to be able to, to find that on a week-to-week basis when you're not out on the road at events? Um, yeah, I think it's massive um, to keep those com- competitive juices flowing. Um, I mean, there's pretty much a game every day around 11 o'clock, anywhere from, you know, two, three groups sometimes. And um, – you're right. Just being able to be out there, you know, see see how guys are playing, you know, practice with them. Just it does help. 
no doubt. Um, and, that, and that's what makes Oak Tree so special. There's probably 15 touring pros out there, and um, we're all trying to help each other. It's, it's a fun group, fun community. Um, you know, we travel quite a bit on the road together, have practice rounds together. So, um, yeah, the culture out there has been, been great. We, we obviously here at the Gimme Zone, we understand, we have an appreciation for it is incredibly difficult to win a Corn Ferry Tour championship, and there was four years separating uh, your wins on the Corn Ferry Tour. So what, what did it mean to you just to win that event, and how difficult is it to, to get that accomplished on the Corn Ferry Tour? Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it had been four years from my, uh, my first win down, down in South Carolina. Um, so in between there, I spent two years on the PGA Tour, and uh, I didn't really play play great. Didn't have my my best game those years, but um, you know, like I said, I put a lot of put a lot of hard work in in the off season, and and to get out this early in the season and and to doink a W was uh, was pretty great because it kind of sets me up for the rest of the year. So um, it's a very very competitive tour. Um, I really didn't know how much longer I was thinking I'd play golf just because I really didn't have the results and and stuff. But like I said, I worked hard and and um, to get myself in a position to actually get a W was was fantastic. Well, Ren, obviously you played on the tour for a bit. What did you, what did you learn out there that's going to help you when you get there back when you get back there? Because I fully believe you are going to get back there. I've, you know, you've got that type of game, and the Corn Ferry has that type of talent of guys that can just step out there and not just play well but win as well. Tell everybody what you kind of learned in your first go round. Um. You're kind of thrown in the deep end in a way. Um, you kind of you're playing against savvy veterans that that know all the courses very well. Like there's some guys that won't show up until Wednesday because I've played that same location for 20 years, uh, and that comes back to that familiarity you were, you were kind of just talking about. Um, so knowing the courses will be better, but really the hardest thing for the guys that come off the Corn Ferry uh, is really just access to events. And with what Liv's doing with these elevated tournaments, if you don't go out and play really well, you know, to start the year, you'll find yourself, you know, treading water at the back of the back of the field list every week trying to get in. So um, playing good early really takes care of a lot of things on, on the PGA Tour. And uh, that'll be my main goal, just get out there and, and uh, try to get off to a strong start of the season like I have this year. Do you find yourself rooting for the Jason Days and Cam Smiths of the world? Oh, absolutely, yep. I've uh, fortunate enough to play a lot with Cam, um, play some junior golf with Jason before he came to America. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they uh, contend this weekend for sure at Augusta. Well, Ren, we really appreciate you coming on today and taking time out of your schedule for us, and we really look forward to following you in all the upcoming events and also uh seeing you go out and uh play at the jimmy with the compliance solutions open there and best of luck to the rest of the season no i appreciate it guys thanks for having me on rin gibson how good is that man uh and, and awesome that uh he found his way into the winner's circle at the astera golf championship and we're hoping there's more w's on the way oh for sure josh what a nice guy and he's one heck of a golfer i mean i cannot stress to you how good this guy is he has the talent to not just play on the tour but to win and win big on the tour he's got that type of talent i'm just telling you i've seen it and this guy is really really talented and for folks right around here 
that type of talent. It's going to be at the Jimmy Austin OU Golf Club coming up in June. Yes, sir. It's Compliance Solutions Open. I'll tell you what, and it is a five-year contract, so... You know, that is key to locking that event in. That way, and growing it. And growing it, yes. I mean, this is, we, we've talked before with some of the representatives. This year's baby steps, let's get it get it up and going, and then it's just built from there and make this the premier Corn Ferry Tour event, right? Well, absolutely. And I would imagine that the debut run probably won't look like a debut run. I, I would imagine that it's, it's going to look, feel, be a great championship no you're right but they'll they'll continue to grow it and make it better and better too Ren said it all oklahoma golf fans support like no other right he said everybody from oklahoma was at southern hills and that was virtually true right (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah it was fun out there we're doing opening timeout thanks to Ren gibson uh for joining us and congratulations on his recent corn Ferry tour championship stepping aside more masters conversation we are at the greens up here in oklahoma city where uh, you should come on out and join us it is uh it's terrific out here they've got so much going on out here at the greens we'll tell you more about that as we roll along right here on the gimme zone can brooks kepka lock this thing down can john romp topple him is there a sam bennett storyline to follow we'll debate we'll discuss next right here on the wrap big thank you to Rin gibson for joining us right here on the gimme zone we got sam back in studio appreciate sam hanging out with us all morning long we are at the greens where <laughs> i think it's safe to say it's been it's been popping a little bit out here brian no it's packed it's we've got uh, families enjoying a little easter egg hunt with their children everybody's sitting down to have some lunch now and it's a great place you know for all you that are looking for a nice place to have a membership i wholeheartedly recommend the greens well and truly they do have something for everyone it's not just come out to the putting green and then uh, go play 18 there's there's racquetball pickleball they've got they've got tennis out here golf so it's they've got it going on for the whole family out here at the greens and you can come out and see us 13 100 green valley drive in oklahoma city that is uh, 13 100 green valley drive in okc number to call you want to find out about a membership today 405-751-6266 or you just want to inquire uh, about what's going on out here some of the events calendar you can do that as well well the masters home stretch this weekend i think is going to be fascinating to follow it always is some years obviously you kind of have the the runaway felt that way a little bit last year with scotty scheffler and in spots yesterday you wondered okay if john rom doesn't get something going is that going to be the case this year for brooks kepka but john rom has closed his second round he's only two shots off the lead uh, Brooks Kepka at 12 under, John Rom at 10, and here was a little bit of John Rom after his his opening day performance. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome John Rom to the interview room. John, after a difficult double bogey start, you came back with seven birdies and an eagle on number eight. What were you thinking after you were walking off that first green? <laughs> uh you know, a couple different things. If you're going to make a double or four putt or anything, might as well be the first hole. Right? I got 70, 71 holes to make it up. Um, after that, it was more... That was, uh, I was focused on the fact that all the strokes were good. The reads were, were good. Uh, the roll was good. Obviously, the speed was off on the first two putts. Uh, so uh, once I kind of accepted that 
there was nothing really to look into. Uh, I just got to work. I had 17 holes to uh, to make up. And I've, I've always said, I've always told Adam, and I tell a lot of people that ask me about the Masters, if you can somehow make it through the first six and a half holes, and what I mean is put it in the ball in the fairway on seven, and you're around even par, I think it's a pretty good start. It's easy to make bogeys. It's not easy to make birdies. So if you can get through that, you have a, a short iron into seven, eight, nine, to maybe make some birdies and get the round going. And uh, I was able to do that and took advantage of it the rest of the day. Terrific round. Let's open it up for questions, please. Yes. Hit every fairway today. Just curious, what was the key for the driving performance? Uh, I don't know. Finally, it's the first time this year that it's felt like it should in the past. My swing off the tee, definitely. Uh, there's two three woods on one on, on the first hole and one on ten, uh, both well hit. Uh, every other tee shot is something I mentioned after the round to to Adam as well. It was about as good as I could think so, uh, line wise, especially all of them were on line. Every trajectory was the way I, I thought of. So. Um, being the strength of my game, I wouldn't say there was any key. I just really uh, committed to my lines and, and to my swing and, and was able to pull it off. What felt different about the swing than it had earlier in the year? Uh, was is not the same driver head I had in, in Palm Springs. And uh, actually, yeah, even after Rev, I had a different one in Rev and I changed one or two other times after Rev as well because it just wasn't the right one and finally found one that I'm comfortable with. So John Rahm Daniel. feeling good about where John, he's at, as he, as he should be. John Rahm, two shots off the lead, 12 under par for Kepka, 10 under for Rahm. And the incredible thing to me, we talked about this right out of the open, but if you're just joining us, folks, on the Gimme Zone on this uh, Saturday, Brian, he double bogeys the first and proceeds to go nine under par the rest of the way for, for day one. Yeah, and not your ordinary double either. A four-putt, which could really unnerve any golfer, let alone a professional golfer, so, Somebody right? like Rory McIlroy, cough, cough. Yeah, he, he was unnerved for two straight days. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know if it was a four-putt that unnerved him. It was just everything, but continue here. No, I, you know, here's the deal. Brooks Kepka hit the ball way better than everybody the first two days. Rom played beautifully. Kepka really had a chance to increase that lead way more than he did. He had probably four or five putts all over the hole yesterday that just didn't go in. That 67 honestly was the worst score he could have shot given the way he hit the ball. You know, you hear pros talk about it all the time going, oh, that, that's the best I could have shot with, given the way I hit it or the worst. That was absolutely the worst. I mean, he could have shot 63 pretty easily the way he hit it. So he's going to be tough to beat, but – he opened the door a little bit? He opened the door, and having a guy as accomplished as John Rom breathing down your neck right there with you is going to put a lot of pressure on him. It will be, for ratings, pretty terrific, right? I know John Rom, if it holds to serve where it's at right now, and those two are paired in a final grouping going into a Sunday, or if it even gets pushed back into a Monday, those two guys going after it. When one is a live golfer, one's a PGA Tour golfer, John Rahm hasn't been as outspoken as others on the PGA Tour about uh, the, the live golfers that have defected, have ruined the game, and on and on and on. But just from the standpoint that you've got Brooks Kepka, who's won four major championships 
and he's got an interesting little storyline where he was heard and he made the comment on the documentary about i don't know if i'm going to be able to contend and win anymore do i have it so you've got that star who oh by the way was for a period of time up through 2019 brian the preeminent force in golf right number one player in the world four major championships you've got john rom who I said uh, a month ago on this show, I'm not taking anybody else. Nothing that happens between now and the Masters, I'm taking John Rahm. He had that sort of sway to him throughout the early portion of this schedule, and he's got a major championship as well. So you've got massive stars at play here, and you got one that plays for the Live Tour, and you've got one on the PGA Tour. You know, ideally, here's what happens today, right, Josh, is that Rahm and Kepka run away from everybody, and we have that pairing, like you said, either tomorrow or Monday. If it has to be a Monday finish, that twosome so far ahead of everybody, you just got them going head to head. How good is that going to be? Oh, it, I mean, it's made for TV. Ratings it's, bonanza, it's right? And if Sam Bennett could hang around and stay in that mix, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm certainly pulling for it. But I think anytime you've got, even if he didn't have amateur attached to the name Brian, somebody that we've not seen contend in a major championship at Augusta, it's, you know, first appearance, you're always sort of leery. Ah, can they really hang around the whole way? I'd love to see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Hey, it's moving day, right? And he's moving back in my Probably. Opinion. But it's a great story. I mean, the the young man lost his father and and he's got all this inspiration. You know, he, he really struggled with that. And for him to come back and play the way he is, win the US amateur, and to be able to to go out there and hang with these guys at Augusta. I mean, Augusta, we've talked about how many times. It's a place that typically you've got to play several Experience. times before you before you play it well. Oh, no, no, no. He played really well. And he said it was easy. <laughs> and he said it was easy. Now, Comparatively. that may be the Augusta gods coming back to bite him today. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that might not have been a good omen for uh, the, the weekend that will be. Do you have uh, a lean here? I mean, like I said, I I felt for a while like John Rahm was going to win this Masters just because, to me, his best is better than a Scotty Scheffler's best, and I don't trust, didn't trust Rory McIlroy, especially in this tournament, with what it means to him to try and complete the slam. He's always, this last however many years, Brian, gotten off to terrible starts in majors, but especially at Augusta National, Rory had. So I, I had already kind of mentally eliminated him from being a serious factor. Scheffler is the defending champ. And he's not, you know, he's one under par. He's way off the lead. Uh, you know, magical, magical weekend, 63-63. He could get back into it, but I just don't see that as any sort of a realistic possibility. So yanking him off the board, I, I always felt like John Rom, his best, better than Scotty Scheffler's best. So I was leaning that way to, to Rom coming in. Two strokes that he's given up here to Kepka. That's not enough to scare me away, though. Man, Kepka's been... He's not a guy that typically falters in these moments. No, he's been fantastic as a front runner. But, hey, Josh, I forgot to tell you, when you knocked off a little bit early last week, we went ahead and gave you <laughs> Rory instead of John Rahm because, no, we didn't. We should have, though. Um, no, there's no way you can go with Rory. I mean, do you feel like at all him being the, the lap dog for the PGA Tour versus Live controversy is putting extra pressure on him? <laughs> you know, Throughout a regular PGA Tour event, it wouldn't, right? Because guess what? Live, live golfers aren't there. But this week, all of a sudden, and I know that 
he's not going to the champions dinner, but you've got Phil Mickelson and uh, all, all these uh, other previous champions, Sergio Garcia and uh, what uh, Patrick Reed. I mean, there's past champions that are there that are live golfers. And yes, I could see where that would be a heightened level of stress and expectation knowing that, look, I'm the guy that's made all these remarks and here these guys are this week. Well, so here's the deal. If Kepka wins, does he take a jab at, at Rory? Oh, I don't or think some there's those, any doubt. I think so, too. I'm with you. He's definitely taking a shot at him. I would if, if I were him, right? Well, and it will be there's, there's no marketing in sports like winning. Winning is the best marketer in sports. And if I'm Brooks Kepka and I win a Masters championship, and all of a sudden I've got three out of the four legs to a Grand Slam, and, oh, by the way, I'm one of the highest-profile names that defected from the PGA Tour to the Live uh, Golf Tour, absolutely I'm playing up that angle that, hey, you can win anywhere if you're a great golfer in the world. And he will he will do that victory lap. How pronounced will it be? Okay, I don't know. But he, I, I will be shocked if he doesn't do some form or fashion of that that victory lap. Hey, I could even see somebody like a Patrick Reed or Mickelson, if they, just to say they shoot even par their last two rounds, right, and so they finish four under, finish top ten. I could even see one of them taking a shot because they've been kind of punching bags, especially Phil. I mean, Phil went from – penthouse to outhouse didn't he oh absolutely because of one quote that as we've discussed in the past probably shouldn't have been released uh, to begin with but that's neither here nor there kepka man he is uh he's a fascinating guy where he can just flip this switch sometimes it feels like in major championships though the storyline this week for him brian i think is different than maybe major championship wins pass for him i mean he won last week at at orlando right in the live event yeah for sure but you know it's so tough to win back to back anything especially when you're going to a place you've never won that you want to win so badly right. like he does super bowl of golf to many yes yeah, super bowl i mean yeah nobody asked mike steely right i mean he's been working on this for a month right and so it is the super bowl of golf for many and so brooks has that pressure and he's got to play 72 holes. Will that come into play? Well, that's going to be interesting. And, oh, man, PGA Tour fans, they would love a little collapse uh, on those final 18. All right, we're doing a break. We're going to hear from Matt out here at the Greens. Tell us all of the great stuff coming up right here at the Greens in Oklahoma City after this. It's the Gibby Zone right here on the ref, hanging out at the Greens up here in Oklahoma City. Come on down and see us. We've got the director of sales, Matt Colo, with us. Matt, man, you guys, uh, you've got it going on here, out here today. We had the Easter egg hunt. It's been a fun place to be. No, absolutely. This this weekend's always a lot of fun for us. We've got you know 300 people here today. Obviously, about 170 kids, and then uh, over 500 tomorrow for for Easter Sunday. So it's a uh, it's a fun, vibrant time for sure. Well, Matt, I've had that brunch before, and it's fantastic. Tell everybody, hey, what's better? Is it pimento cheese or the egg salad? What are you going with? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm not a I'm not a pimento guy, so I'll, I'll lean the egg salad way. But certainly, uh, many enjoy the pimento cheese. It's just not for me. <laughs> hey, we'll go with what works, right? Don't don't mix it up just because uh, it's. It has to be Masters. Right, no, for sure. It's funny, too, this weekend, it, you know, it's a confluence of so much things, especially when Easter falls on Masters Sunday. It's, it's It makes it even that much more fun. So, you know, obviously we've got golfers here. You know, the course is packed. This is a, a weekend that, 
you know, we're, we're a full-service club for sure with, with amenities kind of all over the place. So it's fun to see people playing pickleball, people playing tennis, people playing golf, kids, you know, kids running around, kind of enjoying themselves. That That's kind of one of the things we try to really instill here is, is we're a club for everybody, not just for one type of person. Well, and, and I think that's exactly it. 13100 Green Valley Drive up here in Oklahoma City where we're hanging out, 405-751-6266 at the Greens. It is it is a club for everyone. There's there's more than just golf here. So I know you guys pride yourself on that, but mm-hmm. can you expound on that for everybody out there? That what what do you mean when you say, hey, it's more than just a golf course out here? No, sure. And and, and you know we were just talking about this a little bit off air. I mean, it, it, honestly, the country club world is changing a lot. It's important for clubs to be more relevant to families, more relevant to people that don't play golf necessarily or want to learn how to play golf, but maybe don't want to have the initial commitment to be a golfer. Um, so our club really tries to invest yearly, really even, you know, I, I would say that we have probably three or four projects every year that we try to focus on. That The ownership's great in terms of responding to what the members want to see. So whether it's, you know, redoing the adult, the adult and family pools, whether it's adding pickleball courts, whether it's even just get, hiring the right staff, you know, sometimes nowadays it's just making sure that you've got, you know, the right people working for you, people that are part of the long-term vision of what you want to do. And I would say that our staff here is, I've been in the country club business for over 20 years. And I, our staff here is, I put them up against anybody I've ever worked with. No, that's great. So tell everybody a little bit about, you know, the lifeblood of a country club going forward is this family engagement. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier for, as a guy, you get the hall pass to play golf if the rest of your family <laughs> sure. has something fun to do. Tell everybody, how's, how's your Twisted Oak Tavern? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, so... So the club's gone through a transformation over the last four to five years. So it's, it's really been five years now. So that it started with redoing, you know, rebranding, redoing the, the, the restaurant, and then also doing a bunch of work on the golf course. And that's been kind of an ongoing thing for us. We, we have a vision to really turn this golf course into one of the best clubs in town. And we know it's going to take a little time to get there. We, we think our golf course is amazing already. But from tee to green, we've got some opportunities to, to upgrade grasses and things to, to put us in the, in the same boat as some of the best clubs in the state. And we think we can get there. We're, we're hosting the mid-am this year. Um, we're going to start looking to be part of more of those, those bigger events. But certainly from a, an all-encompassing standpoint, I think we're trying to offer something to not only the retiree but also the four-year-old and making sure that they can still play together, right? So you've got we're very open to, for instance, if you're in, enrolling as a senior golf member and you have grandkids in town, they can be added to your membership complimentary. So they can come and use the pools. They can come hang out. You're able to kind of extend that to their to their to their family without having to pay extra. And those kind of things are the way to embrace that kind of lineage and hopefully get the the parents and the and the grandkids into the country club life, and it becomes part of their their future without with so Matt Colo, the director of sales out here at the Greens Country Club, hanging out with us for for a few. It's been a fun Saturday out here at the Greens. A busy Saturday. Everybody's out here at the Greens. One of the one of the cool things that you guys have going on, and not just to run down everything on the upcoming schedule for you, but I would think, you know, for me, if I'm I'm picking where I'm going to have my golf club membership at, I want to be somewhere where the values align with what's important to me and community is important to me. Sure. And so I look at one of the events you have coming up, the Singo event that uh, is a benefit that will help the Putnam City Schools. Can you just share with us a little bit about why an event like Singo, why that's important to give back to the community? Sure. No, and I think that, you know, like golf obviously has a, you know, has a history in doing that, not just, not just obviously at the private club level, but certainly on the PGA Tour. And um, we, we really loved whenever we can do events that we know the members will attend, bring their friends, and then also be able to give back a little bit. Honestly, a lot of what we do on the food and beverage side, at least the clubs that know what they're doing, you're not looking to make money. 
you're looking to really offer something great for the members, maybe cover your cost, and then at the same time, if you can give back a little, that's even better. You know, we have a lot of members that come up to us all the time asking for a foursome for a charity, you know, school events, things like that. Um, and we, we almost always can, can offer something in those circumstances. And I think it makes them realize that we're all in this together. We want this to be a communal thing. I think Katie Stump, our general manager, has really done a good job of building a better community. The club and even the HOA always kind of had a contentious relationship, and now that's much healthier. So this is hopefully part of that is, is continuing to give back. We did a tournament last year called greens give back which was specifically to help landscaping and just overall maintenance for the common areas of the of the of the, uh, the community itself um, so hopefully those are just some of the things that we do to try to give back a little bit no those are fantastic and hey i'm going to take a little bit of the blame for that hoa issue because when <laughs> i was playing out here in the 80s i may or may not have hit a couple of those houses with some errant duck hooks <laughs> off those holes. So I might be to blame for, Appreciate for some of that. So, no, sure. so I've had that weighing on my conscience all these years. <laughs> I, I felt like now's the time to come clean. Put it on the Easter weekend, it is time for me to come clean. <laughs> Good for you. But, hey, thank you for supporting the Putman City School District that way. Yes. That's my alma mater. I was an old PC North Panther well before our friend Sam Bradford. but uh, I love it. No, so I appreciate you supporting that school system. That, that means a lot to me. And and thank you for having us out here and coming on with us. Guys, if you want a place to join and bring your family, the Greens is a fantastic option. So call them up. They've got lots of different options for you, Absolutely. and they'll get you out here, and you're going to have a great experience. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Really appreciate you guys coming out. Look forward to I think we're doing one more of these and then, and then certainly do some things this fall as well. So look forward to connecting Absolutely. well right. with it being masters week here before i get you out here we appreciate your time and sure appreciate uh, the chance to get to be here today but you got to give us a pick right I, no so I what do you it. think about the board and what do you think is going to happen so over the weekend I'll, I'll admit i was one of the guys throwing stuff at the tv not wanting brooks to, to win so <laughs> um, and for obvious reasons but uh but i uh so i am one of those guys that's maybe not the biggest live fan in the world but um but i will say that it's nice to see brooks back playing well it's it'll be fun to watch him and ron go after each other and i think there's a few guys behind him cam young looks Looks like he could do some damage. I'm going to say Rom's going to win it. I, I think Brooks not playing a lot of competitive golf. I think he'll be in it all the way to the end, and I think Rom will nip him at the end. Hey, well, any chance Sam Bennett hangs in there? What's your uh, thoughts? Look, back-to-back 68s for an amateur is unbelievable on Crazy, that, on that right? golf course. I just, as much as I want to say that, I just don't see an amateur winning. I, it, it'd be tough. But if that, I hope I'm wrong. It would be an incredible story. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, hey, thank you so much for having us. And for sure, guys. Appreciate absolutely. your time. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. We'll take uh, one final timeout, come back, and put a bow tie on this broadcast, this special edition of the Gimme Zone from right here at the Greens. Well, not too far away from the leaders teeing off at Augusta National. That will be uh, that final trio, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, and unbelievably the amateur, Sam Bennett. Kepka at 12 under par, Rom at 10 under par, and Sam Bennett at 8 under par. And uh, let's see, some folks already on the course. Patrick Cantlay, he's uh, 3 under early, Brian, but that uh, moves him just to 5 under for the tournament. Patrick Reed, a couple under. He is at uh, 5 under for the championship now. Justin Rose is 2 under par through 2. He is at he is at 6 under par. So the uh, uh, we'll see what happens going forward cam young i'm looking just updated just got a birdie on one so he is now six under par early on these guys that have teed off in round three it looks like hey there's scores at least on that front nine to be had yeah that's key for if you're you know not in that final group you need to have the course to be able to be had 
I think the key to what's going to happen today is does the wind come up high or not? If it stays 10, 15 or less, I think there will be some numbers to be had because that soft course, they can attack those pins, go right at them. And, oh, maybe they give you a few accessible pin locations to try to make it a little more excitement for that final round, right? Which is what everybody wants. We, 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 we want somebody to have the possibility of that Sunday charge. But it's going to have to happen on... Uh, well, the rest of today on moving day for somebody to be in the mix. Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, I mean, they're both five under par before they uh, they get things going here in just a little bit. Either of those two names, maybe, no? Well, I would lean Jordan Spieth as more likely just because of his history. Track record. Track record, yeah. But Jason Day's really getting his game back in shape, and I like to see that because that's good for golf because, you know, former number one player in the world, the guy was really, really good well, and he was had like, some injuries, had some, you know, personal issues, you know, with family that had become ill. And, and so, you know, it's great to see that guy back because he's one of the good guys out there. No doubt. And he was he was like some of these other guys that we see at the top of the board. He was like – Kepka or Rom in the sense that it felt like every part of the game he had, whether it was length off the tee, approach, on and on and on. Putting was incredible in that major championship win that he had, and yet uh, it's not been that for a number of years since. But we've seen that game start ticking back the opposite direction. I don't know that he has enough firepower over the next two days to make up seven strokes to Kepka, unless Kepka does something we haven't seen Kepka do, which is give it back the next two days. Yeah, now I think he would have to give it back in some degree to bring people below that final group in. You know, unless somebody goes out and shoots 65-65, okay, well, then they're back in. But that's going to be a that's a tall task on that course because, you know, if it does dry out, then they can get those greens rolling a whole lot faster than they are now, and that adds a whole lot of uh, treachery to that back nine especially. Sam Bennett, chances this weekend. Well, he probably spent the last two hours throwing up from nerves. But, no, can you imagine how nervous you'd be at 22-year-old out there in the final group on moving day? Sleeping in the crow's nest? Yes, with Brooks Kepka <laughs> and, oh, John Rahm. Maybe, maybe if not Scheffler, Rahm, the best golfer in the world right now. That would be intimidating as I'll get out. But, hey, that kid so far has had nerves of steel We'll just see. I don't think he's long enough to stay in it. I mean, he talked about not being a long hitter. Of course, being as wet as it is, it's not going to dry out materially over between now and the finish. You can get the greens, you know, to dry out some, but the rest of the course, it's just going to be really difficult. So I just don't think he's got the firepower to get it done. Have to be a putting clinic, right? Approach and putting clinic from him? Oh, for sure. But, but he, I mean, as well as he's hit it, He's still not hitting it near as close to the pin as Kepka has been. I mean, right. Kepka really could be four to six shots better than he is now, which is crazy to think. That's how good he hit it. I've never seen a guy hit it that close to the hole on so many holes in the first two days. So it sounds like you and I, I well, I'll, I'll let you speak for yourself. I won't speak for you. I feel like it's a two-horse race between Brooks Kepka and John Rahm already. At this point, maybe somebody could go low and change that thinking going into uh, tomorrow. But from where I'm sitting right now, I think it's those two. Which of the two do you favor? Do you agree with that assessment or 
uh, wh- where do you stand with where the board's at right now as, as we get set to close here? Well, I, I, I think that's right, Josh. And so you were right speaking for me because that is the right thing, I believe. You know, the, the, the only outside one might be Colmore Caldwell just because he's such a fantastic iron player. If he were to go out and shoot 63 or something today, yeah, he might be able to get back in it. But it just feels like it's going to be a two-horse race down to the final. I, I think we're going to have, you know, final three or four-hole drama, and it's going to get really tight. You know, and, and Matt's assessment a minute ago was, you know, is that going to be too much for Kepka? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I mean, but think about this. If he wins this, it's going to springboard his confidence going forward, and you just have to think that he's got a big circle around the Open Championship if he wins this one oh, to try no to doubt. Cre- create that Grand Slam for himself. Absolutely. And uh, if he got that, if he gets this and then got that, he'd, yeah, he'd have the, the Grand Slam. And 17, 18, 19, that little, that little push there for Kepka where he won four major championships. Who knows? If he gets this one, maybe we're entering that, that next little wave of Kepka dominance. But uh, there's a lot, lot of meat left on the bone between now and then, with, especially with a guy like John Rahm right there. I'm going to take John Rahm to erase the two-shot deficit and win this thing just because – I won't be a coward. I won't change after 36 holes, even though Brooks Kepka has done well to make me rethink that standpoint. I'm going to stick with what I, I picked initially. John Rahm's too close to the lead for me to change right now. But do you? Uh, do you I'm like going to show you my paper of who I picked last week, right there. Rom. We did a draft, and our guy Jackson took Scheffler first, and I took Rom. So that's where my head is. I would love to see Brooks win just just drama, baby, for the drama, right? And it would <laughs> add so much flavor to the golf talk for the next ah, month, two months, Up whatever, until the right? next major championship. Up until next major, right? Uh, I'd be fun. So so you're you're rolling with me. We're both taking John Rahm. Correct. Well, it's going to be fun. Hey, big thank you to Mike Steely for joining us, Ren Gibson for joining us, and uh, everybody out here at the Greens and obviously Director of Sales, Matt Colo swinging by to tell us more about what's going on. This place is is fantastic. Check out the Greens Country Club right here in Oklahoma City. It is fantastic. 13100 Green Valley Drive in OKC. Number to call 405-751-6266. Well, you know what sound uh you know what that sound means? It's noon. <laughs> it's noon, baby. So, time for us to sign off. Everybody have a, a great rest of the Masters viewing and so long everybody.